Welcome back to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund Calibre. This week, we're discussing the UK stock market from inflation and oil windfall taxes to financials and the hunt for dividends. I'm Darius McDermott from Fund Calibre, and this is the Investing on the Go podcast. Today, I'm joined by Joe Curtis, the manager of the City of London Investment Trust. Joe, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Very well. Thank you. So, your trust is a UK vehicle. And as we know, the UK has been terribly out of favour, particularly since the sort of Brexit referendum. Yet this year or year to date, the UK stock market is outperforming considerably, um, held up whilst other global markets have been falling. Why do you think that is? And do you think that it can continue? Well, I, I would agree with you. I think the UK market has been out of favour and it's got very cheap relative to other stock markets. And I think manifestation of that, we've seen a number of takeover bids of UK companies. And in City of London, we've benefited um, through our holdings in William Morrison last year. And this year, we're in Dolphin and Daily Mail last year as well. So, But there'd be many other takeovers. So I think that's helped underpin the market. But in addition, the UK stock market is big in some sectors which have been out of favour, such as oil, um, which yeah. are obviously even before the events in Ukraine, the oil price was climbing upwards. And so that's been very beneficial to some of our kind of rather old economy stocks in the, in the UK stock market, but we still, the world still does need oil, you know, even if in the long run, we're going to transition to a low carbon um, type of energy. But in the meantime, oil is still pretty fundamental to, to society. So, and the economy, so I think that's really been a, a factor behind the UK's outperformance. And on the other hand, um, the UK doesn't have such big ratings in the very highly rated growth stocks, which have um, suffered a bit of a derating this year yeah. against the background of rising in interest rates and rising bond yields. Yeah, I mean, I think inflation is is hugely important in the market at the moment. But just st- sticking with that for, for a moment, I mean, large oil, as you say, has been a an obvious beneficiary of, of of that rising oil price. You have decent exposure to, to the two big major oil companies. Yes, we have a decent exposure. I mean, we have our, we are slightly below the UK average weighting. Um, we've got holdings in Shell, which is um, in the top five holdings of the trust. In fact, it's um, third biggest holding at the moment, and also BP. But we were quite disappointed in the pandemic, they both cut their dividends quite severely, um, Shell by two-thirds, and BP by 50%. They're now growing them yeah. again. Um, but we've actually um, got an also investment in Total, the French international, uh, it's headquartered, and that one didn't have to cut its dividend. And we also more recently have a, a holding in Woodside, which has been spun out of BHP. It's an Australian-based international company. And so, um, so together, we got a decent exposure to oil. Um, you know, it is quite driven by the commodity price itself. Um, so we are participating, but but it is a very big part of the UK market. And, um, we've got exposure, but not overweight relative to the market. Yeah, well, still even having uh, a thereabouts market weight will have, will have clearly helped um, in this high oil oh. price environment. As we all know, every time we go to the petrol station, it yeah. seems to be going up every yeah. week. Um, just sticking with those oil majors and the recently announced windfall tax, on some companies. How do you think that might impact their ability? Because we've already just touched on the dividend cuts that, that the big oil majors in the UK did 
did deliver. Do you think that windfall tax will hurt your dividends going forward? I mean, oil is a cyclical business. And you know, back in 2020, the, the oil companies were really struggling when the oil price was, was much lower than it is now. So um, they have to make money during the upswings in order to invest uh, a huge amount of money they need to invest in order because their, their assets deplete the whole time as the oil wells produce uh, go into production. Um, you know, I think in terms of BP and Shell, these are global businesses, the tax only really applies to the North Sea and their profits from, coming from there, which are a small part of the whole and can be offset by the investment they're making in the North Sea. So I don't think, you know, in terms of those two companies, it's that meaningful. Um, but having said that it's not a very good signal for the UK um, in terms of attracting global investment in the North Sea. I mean, the oil companies will weigh up prospects in the North Sea against various other places around the globe. They can um, uh, they can drill and where there's oil. And, and you know, if, if they've got a, a sort of tax regime, which is not very clear in the, in, in the UK, that's going to be quite a negative factor in terms of where they put their new investment in going forward, I would say. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about the North Sea, but just government interference on listed companies owned by shareholders is in itself questionable in, in, in my humble opinion. But Absolutely. Um, so let's have a look at the trust. I see you, you've got gearing at around 8% at the moment. Is that sort of structural gearing? Is that at the upper or lower end of your typical range? And is that hence a reflection on your your, your view on the UK market going forward? Um, we've we've um, borrowed through some private placement notes in recent years, and these are now got very attractive coupons relative to what you could borrow now with nowadays given the rise in interest rates. So the I mean we've we've borrowed for um out um till 2047 at uh, 2.9 percent and out to 2049 at 2.94%. So these these are very attractive um interest rates to borrow that and the eight percent gearing really reflects those private placement notes and Right, uh, and as, as a strategic view, that we in the long run we can beat that those coupons on an annual basis, and if we can't, I think it's going to be a quite a sort of desperately sad environment for investors. So, uh, so that's really structural. I mean, we have capacity to have further gearing, but we are a conservative fund at the moment. You know, there are a lot of uncertainties out there with inflation, where it is, interest rates rising, bond yields rising. You know, we we're being very careful of. How we invest money, but you know we do we do think um, we have got that strategic um, long term borrowings. We're, we're we're keen to keep those deployed in the market. Well, you've touched on the I word inflation, um, so let's let's not dance around the handbags anymore. Let's get to it. I mean, how worried are you about inflation and you know slowing growth in the UK, and how does that sort of impact your thinking? Um, for, for, for the trust? Well, I think during the pandemic, the government and the banking both stepped in, as did other governments, central banks, and, you know, sort of saved the country going into a depression potentially. Um, and by and there was a massive um, fiscal stimulus and also a monetary stimulus and interest rates were cut to almost zero. And the Bank of England, you know, bought up lots of bonds. Um, and I think, in you know, the benefit hindsight, that probably carried on for too long, particularly the central bank activity and a lot of money got Injecting system and now um, everything's reopened again. Um, it's really an excess, um, you know, of demand for, for the amount of supply, and that is leading to inflation. And, and it's not just we've talked about the oil price and which has had a knock-on effect on 
electricity price and the utility bills, but also it's the labour market, you know, where obviously it's very good that unemployment is so low, but there is a real shortage now in, I'm sure we've all anecdotally, you know, been in restaurants, bars where they're short of um, workers. And uh, and so, you know, wage inflation is creeping into systems. So we've had a serious interest rates up, um, taking interest rates or the Bank of England's base rate to 1%, but with inflation at the moment, 9%, yeah. that still looks um, very low <laughs> uh, compared to, you know, what, what we can remember when we were younger, um, you know, back in the 80s, et cetera. So, um, you know, my, my view is interest rates will go for, have to go further up um, to slow things down because in the, in, the, in the end, we all get robbed by inflation. So, um, yeah. so they do need to get it under control. I mean, the UK stock market actually has got quite a few. It's one of the reasons why it's holding up well. And we talked about oil earlier, but it has got various sectors that were quite well protected against inflation and, and city is well positioned in, in those parts of the market. So it's not it's not totally negative for equity investors. I think there are companies that will have got kind of inflation protection in in in, their, in terms of their business models and type of sectors they're in. And you you said a moment ago that this is a cautious fund, a cautious company. Are you sort of gently worried? As I mean, we talked about that tipping point, I suppose, between banks rate or central banks raising rates to stop inflation, but also, you know. Will that take us into recession? Do you, do do you have any defensive sectors that you're playing, or are you are you just doing what what you've always done, which is you know look for attractively valued companies with some margin for error? Um, no, I think um uh, you know I'm deliberately got reasonable weightings in in some of those areas for inflation protection. I mean, some of the utility sectors are, are well positioned from that point of view, where we got good weightings. Mining is another sector which has done. Done well, and again, you've got some protection. Real estate investment trusts, you know, to, in depending where they're positioned in the real estate yeah. market, are uh, you know companies with strong pricing power like um, British American Tobacco or Imperial Goods. Also, we've got big weightings in. So, uh, and on the other hand, we're quite um, underweight and in consumer discretionary. These are the sectors that are most exposed to consumer, like retailing, and to some extent, like travel and leisure, um, where you know, I think the dividends will be slow to kind of recover um, as well. And so we, we've actually worked underweight in that part of the market. So, I mean, in, I mean, I basically, the city's managed on a, on a kind of bottom-up basis, looking at the companies and trying to evaluate the, um, you know, where the growth prospects are reasonably rated and we can pick yes. up good dividends as well. But on the other hand, I, I do have a macro sort of overlay and um, to extent, and, and that is forming part of my thinking at the moment. Yeah. So let's see if we can get our crystal ball out now and have a go at looking forward. Are there any themes or trends that, that, that you see within the UK market that either you're already accessing or that you may access going forward? One area that I like in the, in the UK stock market is financial groups. I think this is something the UK does, does well. And I'm talking here in particular insurance non-life insurance and sort of financial services. And we've got some heavy positions in this part of the um, market. And, um, you know, earlier this year, Bryn Dolphin, the private cut wealth manager, was was bid for. And, um, and that at a price, you know, well above where it previously been trading, over 60% premium. Yeah. And so I think this part of the, you know, I think there's a lot of demand out there for good advice on savings. Um, and, you know, I think there's some natural structural growth 
drive us this part of the market. So I, I, I do um, favor. And I think also a rising interest rate environment tends to be quite good for insurers. We've also got exposure, we're slightly underweight in the bank sector, but we have got exposure to the banks and they're in a much better position than they were going back pre-financial crisis. Their capital ratios are much stronger and they're reasonably valued in my opinion. Obviously, they have an inherent volatility and if the economy tips into recession, they would suffer. But um, overall, we, we do have exposure to three banks, but slightly overweight the that sector. But I, I like financials in general. I think it's an area the UK does well and looks very reasonably rated in, to me. Yeah. yeah, I suppose that's a maybe an ageing population and a rising interest rate sort of theme, which, which as you say, the UK is well represented in, in some of those areas. So, so Joe, maybe just lastly, you know, I I've, know you've been running the City of London for 30 years now. What, what, what has the past three decades taught you about investing and what little snippets can we rob from you for our listeners um, that you'd like to pass on? Well, City sets out to be a conservative fund. I mean, obviously growing our dividend on an annual basis is, is very important. And I think just sticking to those objectives, you know, is, is crucial. And, you know, I can remember the technology bubble at the end of the 20th century. And, you know, it felt very uncomfortable for a while not to be in some of those kind of loss-making zero dividend yielding type shares when they were soaring upwards, but I was very pleased not to be in them when they started crashing back <laughs> into earth and <laughs> again. And, um, and, you know, I think you just, you know, I stayed kind of very fixed on the fund's objectives and, you know, what, what I think, you know, what, what, what we offer shareholders and try not to get too distracted by the noise in the market. And so I think that's some, I mean, obviously can't be arrogant and you've got to constantly adapt, you know, to new trends, but, but overall, I think the sort of key principles, you know, I, I try and keep laser focused on. I, I think maybe I'll just add to that for you, you know, the dividend discipline that City has and that you've always um, brought to City of London Investment Trust. People just like over very long periods of time, dividends do make up a decent part of total return of, of equities. Yeah. And as you say, this is exactly City's um, objective. So, Job, thank you very much for t- taking time to talk to us today. Launched in 1891, the City of London Investment Trust is one of the longest running investment trusts in the UK and has increased its dividend payment every year for the past 55 years. To learn more about the City of London Investment Trust, visit fundcaliber.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember, we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at the time of listening. Elite ratings are based on Fund Calibre's research methodology and are the opinion of Fund Calibre's research team only.